Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the I really do greet you in the blessed name of Jesus, the Christ, our Christ, our Savior, our Lord. And we're so pleased that uh, you are joining us tonight. Thank you for coming. My name is Phyllis. I am the host of Wow, What a Show. This is Wow, What a Show. We're in a series tonight also uh, reading through the Gospel of John and our evening guest, our uh, host, actually I'm I'm going to be the co-host tonight is Miss Sharice Brown. How are you, Sharice? I'm great. Can you hear me? I do hear you. Yay. Um, thank you. Yay, indeed. <laughs> and uh, I want to ask if you have on your headphone, because I hear a, a, a few other things too. I'm not sure if it's coming because you are or are not. I'm just checking to see. I do not have um, headphones. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can grab one. Okay. Um, so while we're waiting there, <clears throat> as I said, we're reading through the Gospel of John. And um, it's such a wonderful thing to obey the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, uh, because as he uh, instructed me to listen again to this Gospel, I did. And I have been so, so thankful that I did. God is amazing. Um, we want to really get in. Good evening. All righty. We're just going to wait a second here so we can eliminate some background, some feed. It's still, you still have feedback? Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. In fact, it increased. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, really? Um, wow. Okay. Okay, so while while Sharice kind of deals with that, I just want to say that the heavens do declare the glory of God. Each new day is a declaration of his presence, his performance, those things which he does to keep the world, of course, uh, you know, turning on his course and, and uh, the provisions of what the natural world provides for us. All mankind, you know, Jesus came and he said that he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He says also that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So each new day has provision in it for everyone who lives in the earth. We thank God for that. Each night also shows knowledge. The firmament is a demonstration of his handiwork, those things which he has made with his own, uh, so to speak, hands. We know from Genesis that he spoke and all things came into being. That is his handiwork. We are so grateful that God has also seen fit to find a, uh, or to have a way that mankind might be redeemed from his sin nature, another discussion for another day, and be brought into fellowship with God again. So uh, we're just glad to be here. We have read through the uh, Gospel of John. We are presently on chapter 10. And chapter 10 uh, is going to be read this evening by our host, Sharice Brown. And I hope you got your seatbelts on because every one of these chapters is worthy 
of a good, good listen or read, however you do it, and meditation, that the Lord may open our eyes and to see him better and to be in a, in a different fellowship than what we were yesterday. He draws us nearer, nearer, closer, closer. So with that, I am going to turn it over to Sharice and ask if she would start us off with prayer. Now, Sharice, I put you on mute so you can unmute yourself. Okay, very good. And we will begin as you would like. Go right ahead. So, Shreese, you unmute yourself. Once I put you on mute, I can't do it. That's amazing, right? But if you would unmute yourself and we will begin. And if you prefer that I pray, I should love to go right on and do that. No problem. Good evening uh, to Nea Adoma. So glad you're here. Thank God for it. All righty, you go right ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you yes, we hear you. Please go on and pray or begin. Okay, so there's some, you know, always, there are some phones that just don't uh, gel well for some reason with this uh, platform. And so we have these little issues when we come in. Um, so I will begin this evening with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are so we are so blessed, gloriously, I mean, really, that you know us. <laughs> it's amazing. And in this chapter tonight, we're going to meet a shepherd with his sheep, and we know how the shepherd takes care. Father, thank you for calling our names into this blessed salvation that you have wrought via the cross, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, paying the sin debt for every man, being the propitiation of God that we could be received again. Thank you, Lord, for that. We ask you tonight to guide and direct us, Lord, in every way. I ask you, Lord God, to give wisdom to those, the two of us, Sharice and I, on this line. Help us, Lord, to navigate the cyberspace that we're in appropriately so that we can not be interrupted. And if there be any play, Lord God, any arrows shot from the enemy, I ask you now to clothe us from head to toe that those arrows may be deflected against the armor of God that we wear in the name of Jesus, not to our minds, not to our hearts, Lord God, not to any part of us that is used by you in the expounding of your word, the reading of your word, and ultimately the sharing of the witness that we have of who you are and who you have been in our lives. I ask your blessings this night, Lord God, guide us. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening. Um, okay, I'll try it again. I don't know how much feedback you're getting. Go right ahead. I, I will mute myself, which will decrease it, okay? Okay. So I'm starting with John tap, chapter 10, verse 1. And it reads, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entered not by the 
by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he put it forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will not will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep, and all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from, from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Therefore was a division, therefore, there was a division, therefore, again, among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, he hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in, in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my father's name, 
they bear witness of me. But ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I shewed you from my father, for which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thou God, thyself God? Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, Ye are gods? If ye, if he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him, whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest? Because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, thou, though ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I am in him. Therefore, they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand and went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first, bapt- at first baptized, and there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true and many believed on him there amen may the lord bless the hearers and the readers and doers of his word yes i want to start at the top and just kind of expound on the the word of god as it would as it appeared to me and then kind of end it with some things that uh, were greater points of the entire story. Um, this book is is very profound and has a, a lot of deep uh, things as Jesus speaks to those who believed and those who did not believe at that very moment. So did you want to ha- mm-hmm. say anything first? Not or? at all. You go right ahead. Okay. Thank you. Okay, great. Okay. So I'm going to start at verse one, where he says, verily, verily. And I, I remember at in times of old that many pastors refer to that being the same as saying truly or truly. And so he's saying in truth, as he speaks to them, I speak to you, but your way is false. So he's telling them that they come as a thief and a robber because he said anybody that came before him 
that's what they were. They were not telling the truth. They were telling things that were false and they were taking instead of giving the word of God to people. He said that you are trying to come to God in a false way through your own methods, through your own schemes, but I come through the door. So it reads that verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entered not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, that would be the false way, the same is a thief and a robber. And as I was thinking, a side note was just, I am the only way is what he's saying. I am the door is what he's appealing to them. Don't try to go over the gate, uh, through a window, over the roof, or in any other way. Only the, the only way is through, through Jesus Christ. And he says that he is the shepherd who comes to the sheep or the sheepfold, and he comes the right way. And the, the correct way is through the door. So from what I understand, in his day, there were ways to go over into you know into a house from the rooftop or over or or through another method like a window but he's saying no come correct come through the door and the door is him and verse two he says that but he that entered in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep and jesus is saying plainly that as he Jesus enters through the door, his sheep also enter through the door. And he is the good shepherd, as we learn later. He is the good shepherd. So you're only going to go by the right way. In verse 3, I noted that the porter opens the door for him. And that really popped out to me because a lot of times we talk about you know, just the sheep and the shepherd part, but there is someone that's there that's opening a door for him. And in my understanding, I felt like maybe that porter was God, his father, who was opening the door or making the way for him to be this good shepherd for them. And it says the porter opens the door for the shepherd. And when the shepherd calls for those sheep, they hear him, they hear his voice. And uh, what I was thinking about as I uh, started to uh, write that part is my son, Stephen, uh, for his birthday, we bought him a, a, a husky, a, a dog. And the dog was following me the whole time after we bought him. And Stephen came to me and was asking mom, well, you bought that dog for me. Why does he keep following you around? Well, Dogs like sheep, like sheep, they know the, their owner or the person that they can rely on to feed them or lead them. And so it was apparent to me at that time that even though we were saying, yes, this is your dog, that the dog was quite aware of who could provide for him. And so he says that the sheep would hear his voice as they call. He calls them by their name. He leads them safely, and they understand that. The sheep need protection, 
and they are a part and a part of that protection is where they're led because we know um it or well some of us may know that sheep are considered a, a dumb animal and is not able to be in places will, will put themselves in places where harm would come to them maybe a wolf or you know they may fall off a cliff or things like that so part of their protection was being met by following a shepherd and it had to be someone who really knew what they were doing in order to keep them safe so they were easy to follow his voice in verse four it says he leads his sheep and um he's walking in front of them to protect them from danger and the and they follow because they know his voice so it is still continue to remind us of why they're following him and the importance of them of of him being in front so he wasn't following from behind if he followed from behind they, they could still be in danger but it says and the verse itself says and when he putteth forth his own sheep he goeth before them so that was significant that they pointed out that he wasn't behind them he wasn't in the middle of them he was in front of them to protect them and verse five it says and a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers and what i gather from that is they will not follow strangers they will run away because they don't they do not recognize their voice it is a strange voice it is a sound you can think of a sound that you hear that's a strange sound it makes you alert and aware so perhaps they were considered a dumb animal but they understood the difference between some strange noise or some strange voice versus the voice of someone that could protect them. And in verse six, it follows uh, this uh, verse five and saying, this parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto, him, unto them. And many times we know that Jesus um, spake to his people in parables and his point of speaking in parables is hopefully that they would understand because perhaps they were herders or they had animals at some point or knew someone that did. But in in this situation, as he reminds them now and later, they didn't hear or understand what he was saying because they were not his sheep all of this was a parable used and uh when jesus was speaking that parable he knew in some point that at some point that some of them were not going to understand it and so then he began to expound even more he explained himself and he said again truly truly or verily verily I am the door. I am the door that I'm speaking of and the sheep will come through me. In verse eight, he says, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. He repeats that, but the sheep did not hear them. The sheep, hopefully meaning us 
or the people that he's referring to in that time and place, they didn't hear false teaching. They were ready and listening and waiting for the voice of Jesus calling them. So in verse nine, again, he repeats, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So what was so comforting about that word for me is that as we go in and as we come out, that means that no matter where you go, God is with you. If we think about the scripture, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope in a future. So whether you go to your right or to your left or forward or back, God says, I'm with you. I'm going to cause you to prosper wherever you are in your pasture, in your house, in your home, you're going to prosper. You're going to live if you go through his door because he's going to keep you safe. And in verse 10, he speaks about the thief again. He says that the thief cometh not, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. And it's interesting that a lot of people use, you know, we take, well, I will say people, I would say myself too. We will take certain scriptures that we love. And we've heard this before that the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. We can almost say that like in our sleep, we know that pastor, that passage so well, but um, in context, he's just talking about not just people, but leaders or someone that will pull you away from the word of God. He says that thief or that person is going to kill, they're going to steal, and they're going to destroy. So sometimes we're in situations and we're not sure if we should be in that situation or not. We're thinking, we're going back and forth in our minds about it. If, if you notice that things are being taken or destroyed or killed, whether it's a, a, a person or whether it's a thing, um, then you can identify that this is the thief that Jesus is talking about. If it's destroying your relationship with, if you're doing something and it's destroying your relationship with Jesus, that is a thief. And Jesus gives life and he gives abundance is what it's the second part of that. It says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. In verse 11, it says, Jesus is the good shepherd. He gives life to those who follow. And so in this um, chapter 10, he at least four times says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. He's reminding us that he is, there are shepherds, there are people, but there's there are good shepherds and perhaps there are bad shepherds. But he reminds us that he is the good shepherd. He's going to give us life. He's going to cause us to have health and strength and to pop and to prosper. Adversely, in verse 12, it seems that the bad shepherd or who's called the hireling or a person that doesn't really own these sheep, they don't have any uh reason to protect 
or to keep you. In fact, it says the hireling runs to protect him on his own self because he doesn't want to be caught or killed. So he's not going to protect you. He's going to protect himself. So this bad or hireling person is in verse 13. Also in 12 and 13, it speaks that um, they're just for hire. He does not own the sheep. He does not care about the sheep. So you think about your kids. I think about my kids and I think about the way I parent my kids. And if I would just let any person, you know, just come and take care of them, they probably will not take care of them the same way because they're my children and not someone else's children. So it almost it just brought me into that thought about parenting. It says, think about your kids or your parent uh, saying, turn around, there's, there's a light off over here and you need to move or you need to run away. And then there's another person that's there that, you know, would not keep them safe. They're not going to tell them they would run away themselves. And that's kind of way that um, I thought about it is as a parent or as my parent parenting me, they would keep me safe. They would tell me things that are right and things that I should be doing well. And in verse 14, it says, I am the good shepherd again and know my sheep and am known of my sheep. And that was plain and simple that we know him, he knows us. But what um, brought me very a lot of comfort today as I was thinking about that scripture is, he doesn't just know me like my name, he knows every mis mistake I'm gonna make, yet he has mercy on me. He, he knows every good thing that I would do and he had mercy on me. I had the pleasure of listening to um, a, a young lady the other day and she was giving her testimony about how someone spoke uh, badly of her when she had failed as a child and she had a child out of wedlock and uh, was a teenager. And she said, the person looked at her and said, you know what? I knew that you would do something like that. And it really hurt her and damaged her uh, for many years. That was the thing that kept her away from God is that she felt like she failed her family and she had failed God. And then many years later, uh, she has, you know, become this person that speaks the word of God and helps others who are in trouble in the same troubles or fall into the same path that she did. And the question was, well, what helps you move forward? And she said that God told her, I knew that you would do this. So the very thing that the person said to her, I knew that you would do this. God said to her, I knew that you would do this. And, and it was the better thing because God is a good shepherd and he was leading her. He knew her and she knew him. She knew his voice. And as she began to follow him, it just uh, brought tears to my Aww. eyes to think, yes, God knows me. He knows every failure. He knows everything that I would do. And now I, I hear his voice and I follow and he know, he knows that today or tomorrow, if I hear 
correctly and follow correctly or if I don't, if I'm, he know, but he knows my heart. He knows that I would cry out to him and that he would have mercy on me. So I'm thankful for that verse and I'm sorry to elaborate so long on that. But uh, verse 15, um, it goes further. It says, Jesus said, I know the father and he knows me. So not only is he saying that he knows us, but he also has a very intimate relationship with his father. He says that we are one. He compares himself to the father, but he reminds us that he is one with his father. And then he compares himself to the father and then the ship being the shepherd of us, the sheep. And in verse 16, he says, others, I, I interpret that he said, others you would not consider a part of this foal shall become a part. And so this was a joyous part for me because I am not a Jew, yet um, God knew and, and, and pre-planned that it wouldn't just be for the Jews. This is for the Gentiles. This is for anyone who at the time, the Jews would think only, we're the only ones that can enter in. But he says, no, I have set aside some people, some sheep that I will bring in and we will be one. We will be one fold. So that scripture reads, and other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, they, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So he is the only way. As I grew up, I remember sometimes I would, uh, as especially when I was in college, because everybody's trying to find their way, people would say, well, why would you just choose that? I mean, there's so many different religions and there's so many different gods. Why would you choose that? And well, if you believe in that God, why, why, you know, why don't you have respect for my God? I mean, it was so many different conversations about that. But if you read here in this scripture, it says there is one shepherd. There is one fold. There is one way. There is only one God. And it, I know that is hurtful to people that believe in multiple gods, but there is one shepherd. In verse 17, it says, my father loves me because I lay down my life for them and I shall pick it up again. Powerful word here. It reads, therefore, doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. So here he is reminding us that his father is looking at him. And he's already been in, in agreement with his father that he is going to lay down his life for his sheep, that he is going to make the sacrifice that no other person would make and that he is able, more than able and willing to take up his life again because he is one with the father. He is able to rise again. So there's proof of him stating what he was going to do in the future. He was going to rise again. And verse 18, no man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. 
I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. The commandment have I received of my father. Amen. I give my life, he says, I have power to give it and I have power to take it again. So he takes, he uh, repeats himself. My father told me this and I stand on it is what he's saying. I can lay it down. I can pick it up. Verse 19. So then he says, there was a division, therefore, again, among the Jews for these sayings, because they didn't, some of them didn't believe what he said, that he can take his, take, uh, that he gives his life, he lays it down for his sheep. And then he has the power, that's probably the point of division with them. He has the power to take it up again. How? That, that does sound like blasphemy, you know, that you think that you're a God now is what they were thinking here. Some called him a devil in verse 20. They called him a devil for that. I mean, think about it. Think about a person that is um, in our presence today. If he says, well, I can die right now and I'm, I'm just going to rise back up again. I mean, that would be totally unbelievable for me if somebody just told me they, you know, I would think they're doing some kind of witchcraft or something to say that. But he knew, he knew the power that he has because he was not only man, but he was God. He was a God man. So he knew he had the power to lay down his life and both pick it back up again. And in verse 21, it says that some said he is godly and and that he uh, explained it in his in in this way, he made it plain that he was uh, the son of God. He was in part God. It, well, not in part. He was God, but he says uh, the son of God, and only God could do this. They believed that only God could do that. And he, he opened, they said, blind eyes. Now we can see. Now we can understand. So though that part of them, the division that came was because some of them were his sheep and some were not. They didn't believe. In verse 22, it says, And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. To me, I, I wonder what was the significance of, of us hearing the setting there. Verses uh, 22 through uh, 23 and 24, I think the setting just continues to come as they tell us that he not only was it the feast of dedication, that it was in the winter and that at some point, Jesus walked from where he was into the temple on Solomon's porch. So we have a better understanding of exactly where he was because um, Solomon, there was a temple built and there's a section of that temple where it was considered Solomon's porch. So it painted a, a great picture for us to understand where he was and where the people were. 
in verse 22 and 23 as they set up the settings. Um, Miss Phyllis, would you like to expound on it more of why you think that setting was so important? To me, I I thought of Christmas time when they said winter and a feast and you know things like that, but I'm sure there is more to that setting. Right. So uh, the winter time um, is a time of stormy weather, rainy, stormy, wet weather. He is in the east, and my husband's from Ethiopia, where they don't really have cold, cold weather, right? But you do have this disruptive kind of weather, constant rain and stormy like that. So I think it kind of explains to us why he went into the temple. But it is also at the Feast of Dedication, and maybe that rain gave reason and purpose, right? So he ends up in the temple. But also the Feast of Dedication, if you remember, is the celebration of, of the Feast of Hanukkah that we know of the Jewish, you know, on the Jewish calendar here. That feast had to do with Antiochus Epiphanes having, um, uh, what is defiled the temple. He slaughtered a pig in there. He took over, you know, and the Jewish people were being held kind of in captive. It's not real fresh in my mind, but the Maccabees rose up and they fought against them and they won and purified the temple. They lighted a candle that there was only enough oil to burn and sustain for a day but the candle was lit and continued to burn for eight days. And I think the eighth day is significant in the Jewish world with regards to the circumcision of the babies. I'm thinking that all of that kind of plays into what was going on there and why the setting is so important. So you're talking, oh my God, I am so blessed by your um, descriptive handling of these verses regarding the shepherd and the sheep and your examples so amazing so it pulls us in to understand what Jesus Christ was doing there he enters the temple having called these false shepherds out and declaring himself to be the good shepherd and God in that he could take up his life he could give his life he could take it up again. So he's doing a lot in these verses. And Sharice, that's as much as I want to say, because I just see that the Lord is uh, bringing us into such a beautiful relationship as you are expounding and, and helping us to really sense and understand the beauty of the Good Shepherd and how he cares for his sheep. So I leave it there. Okay. So wonderful. Um and as you were talking, like I was just uh, like light bulbs were going on everywhere. Just that that's really amazing. Uh, and just I, going back to that Solomon's porch, I could just imagine, you know, the richness of what that area could look like and the whole feast. And it was just amazing. The thoughts that went through my head as you thank you so much for expounding on that more. 
So in verse 24, I'm going to jump back in. The Jews surrounded Jesus and they requested that he tell them if he was really Christ. Okay, so come on. This whole time you're watching me is what Jesus is saying. You're watching me. You're seeing me do these miracles and you're saying, am I really him? We think, we think we know, but uh, tell us, who are you? Who are you really? So the doubters who are unsure, what made them uncertain? They couldn't hear. Yes, they could hear, but because they weren't his sheep is why they couldn't hear. How do we know this? It's because God does not cause confusion, yet the confusion comes from the devil who is the author of confusion. Thus, we are not his sheep if we can't hear his voice. If we don't understand what he's saying, we are not. And we can ask for understanding, he says, in his word, in other places in his word. If we don't know, we ask for help and God will reveal it to us. Ask, seek, knock is what he uh, extends to us as believers. And so in verse 25 through 27, Jesus explains himself. Jesus said, I, I already told you. It's not that you were not listening. They couldn't hear and they, you can't hear because you're not my sheep. He told them, I do the works of my father. You cannot recognize them. It's because you are not my sheep. He points that he points out who he is, but they still cannot understand. And in verse 28 through 29, it goes even further. He says, I give eternal life to those who accept me. Eternal life. So it goes back to that door, that life, the way to protect, not just life in that moment, but life in the future the eternal life, meaning you will never perish, meaning that he has pulled you out of the hands of the devil and you are in the hands of God. (sighs) I put in my notes, drop the mic. (laughs) That's the whole message right there. My father is greater than anything and he will keep you. He will keep you, those who follow him, he will keep you. Verse 30, my father and I are one. There is no difference between us. It's when he really began. At first he started with, well, I'm his son. Well, I'm the door. Well, I tell you, I am the shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Now he gives it plain to them. He says, I'm one. I'm one with my father. We are one. In verse 31, the Jews tried to kill him at that point because at first he was making a suggestion of who he was being like God. But now he's telling them plain, I am. I am God. I am one with him. And so in verse 31, they attempt to kill him, to stone him. And Jesus answered, so for what are you stoning me? Why are you stoning me at this point? Is it because of my father's works? What are you stoning me for? So Jesus' uh, plain response in 32 was, many works 
have I showed you from my father? For which of those works do you stone me? And in verse 33, the conversation continues as the Jews answered, we are stoning you for blasphemy, not for the work of your father. You are not God, is what they were saying. Jesus in verse 34 through 38 explains, and he confronts them basically. Jesus says, them to them, that the word which states that you are called gods with the little g, it's there. And I am doing the work of my father and we are one. So why could I not say I'm God? They call you all gods because you do great things or little things. Hey, if you do not believe me, at least believe what I have done is what he was saying to them. He did godly works, not the work of the devil, right? And in verse 39, he says, then... It says that then the Jews tried again to take him, but it was not time. So he escaped to the Jordan where John baptized him. Now, isn't it interesting that here goes another setting. We went from the setting of being in the temple and the feast in the winter to him moving to the Jordan where he was first baptized. And so the thing that I thought of with the different settings was how things repeat itself. It, because in that verse, it says where he was first baptized. So this is as he has matured and now he's back to that place. And it isn't it wonderful how God reroutes us and brings us back to places where we've been before. Not a place physically always, but a place in our life where we can revisit that place in a different vein and 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 know him even as he has known as as he is known in that place. And I can speak to that of my own life is um I've moved back to a place where I wanted to live, well, I visited 30 years ago and now I'm back in that place. And as God opens my eyes to see the different things that I'm revisiting, I can see it in a different light because there's maturity there on my part. And although our father, Jesus and, and Jesus, they knew even in the baptism, what would happen from that day to this day, but he goes back to that place just like he's in that place of the Solomon, uh, Solomon's place. And then we, we revisit that in our lifetime as we consider the death, uh, the resurrection or the death or the birth of Jesus Christ. And we recognize his birth during that same winter time as what is perceived here in this text. Uh, around the same time as Hanukkah is when we se celebrate the birth of Christ. So there is some repetition happening there that I, I definitely need to ponder more to understand what God is fully saying about repeating things and coming back to that, those places in our life and revisiting them so that God can show us from wh 
where we came from and where we're going and where we are. So in verse 41 and 42 at the last part, it says, and many resorted unto him and he said, and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. So everything that he spoke of in the beginning, saying that verily, verily, these people or these sheep that hear my voice will follow me. Here we, we see it in, in plain that he moved to a different place. He's no longer in the temple. He moved himself physically over to the Jordan and those who believed moved also. They followed him and they believed because they remembered what John told him, told them. And although John did no miracles, John has spoke of him. And then in speaking of him, yes, it is revealed that this is him through the miracles that he had provided or shown them throughout his time. And so in the last part, um, as I was thinking about the fullness of this text, I uh, was thinking about sheep and uh, how they know their how they know the voice of their leader and then i started thinking about different things about um i was t telling my father about you know me studying this passage and he's and i and i he said something to me he said if you do something with something off if you do something with something often enough then that's the way that it then you'll think that's the way it's all to be done and so i when he made that statement he was we were talking about body conditioning and uh you know following uh, the following of these sheep he said if if you call them and and we started talking about if you call them enough if you feed them enough if you condition yourself enough if you read the word enough if you train your child enough then they are going to follow that teaching and so that's what was happening with the shepherd and the sheep they had built a relationship with each other them the people knowing what john said and then hearing it again in their head they began to develop this knowing and following and so they were able to follow jesus without without thinking a whole lot about it but just processing the the fact oh this is what john said and wow these are the miracles that he is doing and yes i'm going to follow him because this must be what was happening so if you do it long enough it will become what you are going to follow what you are going to do it and then i said he knows our ways and who we are as much as he knows him his father and we hear his voice and we follow after him. And um, the last part that I thought was so unique is many years ago, I had the pleasure of being um, in the presence of Miss Phyllis on a daily. And I was introduced at some point to um, a friend of hers who did my hair and I, and I was there and I heard this music 
And it was from a group called Cross Movement. And so I fell in love with this. I always love kind of a hip hop sound, but it was hip hop Christian music. And they have this beautiful verse in one of their songs. And in the bridge, it says the way, the truth, the life. It says he's omnipresent to the up, to the down, to the left, to the right, to the broad, to the day, to the light. He's a door, the way, the truth, the life, the Father, Spirit, Jesus Christ. I love that song. And it just seems to encompass everything here as we follow after God. Wow. Hallelujah. Hmm. Very, very complete message. You know, in, in the first chapter of John, Sharice, uh, we read that, uh, I'm going to go back because I don't like to misquote such beauty. <sighs> it says, um, there was a man, no, 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 all thine, we made him what there was, let's see, where is it? The same was a witness to bear witness. He was not that light. Oh, it says, and of his fullness, we all have received. It, it's somewhere in there. I'm not hitting it right. But that is God's word when it's so beautifully um, ingested. Remember, in the beginning, I said, I don't, I'm not trying to present a scholarly expose of the, the, the reading of God's word. There he is within his word, his spirit. And when we hear it, what we do as um, his sheep is respond. We must respond like Sharice responded to the music. She's never forgotten that. That was 30 years ago, if not 40, that she was in my um, <laughs> <Yes>. space. <laughs> and so... The the constancy, the intake, the regular fellowship with God brings about conditioning, like your dad was saying, that conditioning is our transformation. If you do it enough, right? If you do it enough, you know, I think the whole reason that I danced in my life that I I just wanted to dance. <laughs> I was talking to my son about it as a child. I just wanted to dance, right? And I wanted folk dance, believe it or not, but I ended up, you know, doing kind of this classical thing and, and conditioning my body. Sharice is a phenomenal dancer. She has a conditioned body. And the, when the body is conditioned, there are things that the body will never not do. Even if it doesn't do the, the level that it used to do it, you never forget certain things when you are conditioned. If I get in a pool now, and I have not been in a swimming pool in about 25 years, but if I jump in that pool, my body remembers how to swim. They shall hear my voice, they will go in and out and find pasture. That is the conditioning of God. And that's his promise to you. 
when you have the memory of it all, you know, you don't have to memorize scripture necessarily, but the Holy Spirit is the conditioned part of you. It's that part which will respond because you've given way for him to take up his abode with you. Sharice, what can I say? God is amazing. He knows exactly who, when, where, and how, and I just love him for it. This was such a complete and full rendering of this chapter. I just cannot thank you enough. You made so many great points, and I took so many notes, but I shall not even try to recount what you've already given. I shall just give the Lord glory that he calls Sharice Brown for chapter 10 of the reading of the, from the Gospel of John. I just love it. The revisiting of things that have passed away. I don't know about you, but there are times when I just will say any scripture that comes to my mind, including Jesus wept, because it's revisiting it builds you up again to really, really grasp and to be revived. It's a beautiful thing. Your song you quote comes from a scripture that says that we may, uh, uh, Paul says, and with you I understand the heights, the depths, and I know it because I, I, the Lord said it to music for, for me. He is higher than high. He is broader than broad. He is deeper than deep. He is wider than wide. He is he's everything. He is just everything. And we are just so blessed to have had this word here with us tonight. Glory. Sharice writes, revisit the word often. I'm telling you, don't let it go. Do not let it go. Spend time. Because remember, in the beginning was the word, hallelujah. And the word was with God. And the word was God and the word dwelt among us. It became flesh and dwelt among us. When we are in God's word, the life of him is he. That part of him that he wants us to have, he has left record for. And as we revisit it, we become more like him. Our nature changes. I bless him and I thank him for you tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Mm. It was so beautiful. What can I say? I'm just going to read a few of the comments um, because uh, when it goes up to the episode list, you know, uh, the people can't then see the comments. So we have... <clears throat> Uh, someone, Pastor Thomas, thank you for being here. He says, praise the Lord. It's always good to dine. Hallelujah. Love the word with the people of God. When Jesus said, you shall indeed eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. That was a meal set for us to ingest him, spiritually take him in for our nourishment in the spirit of who we are. In 
the spirit that was quickened and made alive again unto God. We partake of a great meal when we come together and when we revisit him in his word. Light Touch writes, oh, she liked the show and she says, oh, I wrote, please share your thoughts to add to our conversation and understanding of aspects of church. Remember, everyone, I told you that when I was praying again to the Lord to help me to understand church, he told me to read, to listen to the Gospel of John. And truly, as we're walking through it, I didn't get it right. I got a lot, but I didn't get this one statement. We are watching Jesus Christ establish the new covenant. The new covenant is the church. It is the opening. And Sharice, you brought this forth too. He said, I have, the, I, these are my sheep, but I have sheep from uh, other places. There are other sheep that will come in as well. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that the whole world might be saved. May he be praised. So share your thoughts. I would love it. Um... And then Reem says, Amen, there's no, there, there's therefore no condemnation to those in Christ. Of course, Roman 8, she says, is paraphrased. I suspect, Shree, she was talking about that as you gave us that beautiful, beautiful, um, uh, what is it? The principle of God knowing you, knowing all about you, knowing every thought, knowing when we are you know, not we we don't know enough to be right. <laughs> he knows. And he's there. He's always there. And therefore we can go about our daily vicissitudes. We can uh participate in the life that we have here as well as fellowship with him in the spirit. We go in and out. And we find green pasture because he's walking with us. He is protecting us. He is guiding us. It may have been when you were talking about the sheep going before us. And then we have several likes from the show. Praise God. And Reem's right. I am relating. It's a satisfying experience to see things through a more mature view in Christ. Spiritual skills. The Holy Spirit, and now something came up here. Sorry. Um, the Holy Spirit. I lost my place. You all got to go back. The Holy Spirit. Revealing spiritual insights to us. The Holy Spirit. Thank you. Revealing spiritual insights to us. Very good. Very good. And you are right. He does indeed. And now we go on further. So, Shreesh, you could read them too. I didn't know you were still reading. You, you could you, go ahead, read that one from Light Touch says, Thank God. It says, Thank God that? for for his amazing world. A good, a very good sharing. Thoroughly enjoyed the show. Have the best of evenings, everyone. And then Areem says, Good word. And and I was responding to you all. I said, Re revisit the word often as you were speaking about, you know, the cycle of things. Yes. And then light touch said, good show, ladies. So, Praise be to God. 
God is amazing. I, you know, as we just continue to grow in Him and and see things, um, I was <laughs> interesting enough. I'm sitting here in what I call my office at at my house, uh, <laughs> the one that I created, and I I had written. Um, all of my fears or well, my top five fears let's say that on a sheet of paper and I wrote it on on a mountain so I had actually six on here and I, I wrote them on a mountain and um, oh my god I'm sitting here last night you know reviewing everything and somehow my eyes was able to reverse that mountain. And at the end, when I flipped the mountain over, I could see that God was showing me that the mountain looked like flowing water Ooh. upside down. And he showed me that at the bottom of my mountain, I put loving others and giving. And if I would love and give, it would flow down to all the things that were really my what I call my, the highest things that I felt like the hardest or highest things for me to accomplish. And it was like his love just overflowed that mountain and pulled it down in my mind, which, you know, God just, oh, amazing. Mm. Amazing. Mm. Mm. Our response to him is our worship yes our response is our worship because we recognize and we see him of his fullness we have indeed received each one of us according to who we are and our need sharice that is beautiful mm. like the imagery of his word you know, just when the, the, this whole, we could do just a whole study on the, the idea of the shepherd and the sheep and why he's calling these guys out because they have not been the shepherds that they should have been. And the shepherd becomes the door. He is actually the door, right? And you enter in, the door opens to you and he provides. Look at that. Look at that. When I am contemplating also those fears that I have or those, you know, the trepidations of my life, places that I want to go, but have no confidence to go. He will say something that totally reverses who I am in the flesh and call me to do something very different. But he sees to the end of it. He is a wonderful Lord. He is so good. Mm. And we're so blessed. Go on. If you want to um, take us out, we'll be very pleased to have you in the show. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Lord, we just thank you for this great opportunity to hear your voice, Lord. And we know, God, just like Jesus revealing himself through your miracles lord that if anything was revealed today it was your hand god not us lord so we thank you father that it points to you lord for god you said if i be lifted up i will draw all men unto me so god we praise that you were completely lifted 
and that people will follow after you, God, because that's why we exist. And we thank you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 We have truly dined. We have truly dined, really. It's been a great meal, wouldn't you say? And we go forth rejoicing and thanking the Lord that he loved us enough. And he loves us enough, right? To draw near to us. Anytime you sit to draw near to him, he promises he will draw near to you and and to, to me, right? So when we come together around his word, think of it as the best meal that was ever prepared. Very, very meticulously prepared for you in this moment, at this time. And the delectables on this plate nourish each of us in the place of our need. We are absolutely sustained and we thank and praise him for that with that my guys i say let's go out rejoicing he is good all the time every day he is never not good even in your worst times remember this is our father the good shepherd you are his sheep he goes to great lengths to make sure that you scale that mountain that you do not run into any foe who can take you from him. He made a promise. He keeps his promises. God is good. I pray you have a wonderful night. Wherever you are in the world, or a wonderful morning, or a wonderful afternoon, I pray that you be in his presence with an awareness. And as Pastor John Thomas says, be blessed. But make it on purpose. Make sure that you open the door to that blessing so that you receive every day the fullness of our Father. I'll see you next time I do pray. God bless you. Thank you again, Sharice, and all who have participated.